0: Metro-Golden-Mayer turned The Wizard of Oz into a screen classic and a lovely little singer into a star. One of the most talented stars of Hollywood, Judy
1: Garland. Judy, while we got you here, I think we ought to sing some of the old tunes, some of those great songs you did in some of your pictures.
2: Oh, that's a good idea, Bing. It may stir up some old memories. Stir
1: up some for me, too.
2: All right. How about this one from The Wizard of Oz? Oh, I know
3: what that is. I know what's coming. I hope Buddy Cole's aware. Are you aware? Are you there? Let's have that piano. <laughs>
2: Troubles melt like lemon drops Away above the chimney tops That's where you find me Somewhere can die If happy little bluebirds fly beyond the rainbow, why oh why
5: Hey, Judy fans, this is Mindy. Thanks for listening to another episode of Old Time Radio. Next up in our series featuring Judy Garland is her appearance on the Lux Radio Theater's presentation of The Wizard of Oz. This aired December 25th, Christmas Day, 1950. It's about 11 years removed from the MGM movie version. And I found that interesting because Lux Radio Theater, in my experience, they tended to be pretty close to the the release date of the movie and would have a, a large portion of the original cast involved. Judy's the only original member from the movie here. It's a really great cast that they assembled, but she is the only alum from the MGM version. I was also surprised to read that there wasn't a lot of radio interpretations of this story. A gentleman by the name of Jack French on OTR.com. He has a compilation of the history of the Wizard of Oz and Radio. It's called Radio's Yellow Brick Road. It's a fairly quick read, but it has a great amount of information. His research found that in 1926, Chicago was the first to do kind of like a regional program of something called the Land of Oz that was part of a local program called the Topsy-Turvy Time Man. Sounds interesting. 1933, Milwaukee, more of a regional thing as well, uh, They had a network series. It was a 15-minute kids program, and it ran three times a week on NBC. Then in 1939, in promotion of the movie, Broadway's original Scarecrow, the 1903 stage version Scarecrow, uh, Fred Stone, he would come on and read excerpts from the book, The Wizard of Oz, to get public interest raised back up for the story and the upcoming movie. And then CBS, I guess, did some unremarkable things in the 1930s. And most of these recordings aren't preserved or really just presumed lost if there are recordings. So 1950 was really kind of the big radio version here. And it has Judy, so it's as good as it's going to get anyway, I would assume. But they they did a really fantastic job translating such a visual, eye-popping movie into a radio format The vocal talent is exceptional, and I think the adaptation, the script, is really just expert. It's so deft at taking a few succinct phrases, just sprinkle them in to give you the visual cues of what's going on in the story, and I I just think it's delivered. Those lines are delivered so perfectly. It's subtle where it needs to be. It's dramatic where it needs to be. It moved the story along perfectly perfectly three very clear parts the Kansas Oz and then the return back to Kansas it's all there and there are obviously stretches and songs from the movie that aren't there because it it really is a luxury of the visual format to have those but in this radio version I I found myself smiling without even realizing it Uh, just kind of driving along listening to this so really great work here by everyone involved So a great Christmas gift to the people of 1950 that we now get to relive all over again. This is the Lux Radio Theater's presentation of The Wizard of Oz.
6: Lux presents Hollywood. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, bring you... The Lux Radio Theater, starring Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley.
0: Holiday greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. I trust you've all had a perfect Christmas. Wonderful presents, uh, too much dinner, and lots of merry company. But sometime during the day, I'm sure you've said... Christmas really belongs to the children. And so, before they have to leave their toys and cowboy suits, we want to tell them a story. And you'll want to listen, too, because it's The Wizard of Oz, one of those wonderful Oz books that we've all loved since they were written by L. Frank Baum 50 years ago. metro golden mayer turned The Wizard of Oz into a screen classic and a lovely little singer into a star one of the most talented stars of Hollywood, Judy Garland. Audiences have asked her to be brought back again and again to be entranced by Judy's performance and those fascinating Oz characters. The Scarecrow, the Tin Woodsman, the Cowardly Lion, and the delightful little people, the Munchkins. Now it's off to The Wizard of Oz, starring Judy Garland as Dorothy. Dorothy. This is the story of a girl named Dorothy, who lives with her aunt and uncle on a farm way out in Kansas. Her dearest friend is her dog, Toto. But Dorothy has other friends, too. The farmhands, for instance. Zeke and Hunk
7: and Hickory.
8: Hey, what's your hurry, honey? What's
7: wrong?
2: It's Toto, Hickory. Toto. Toto,
7: something wrong with that dog? Well, he looks fine to me.
2: Well, he, he is, Zeke, but he almost wasn't. Miss Gulch hit him just because he gets in her garden and chases her nasty old cat.
7: Oh, sure, honey, sure. Only we're busy, see? I got
3: them hogs to get in. Now, look, Dorothy, you just ain't using your head about that mean old Miss Gulch. You'd think you didn't have a brain at all.
2: Hunk, I have so got brains. Well,
3: use a man. When you're walking home with Toto, just keep away from Miss Gulch's place. Your
7: head ain't made of straw, you know. Gosh, Dorothy, that Miss Gulch ain't nobody to be afraid of. Have a little courage, that's all.
2: Courage,
7: see? Why, sure. You know, like like
8: me. Well, look who's talking. You, courage. There ain't a man
3: in the county who scares easier than you. Well, well, uh, that's a fine thing to say. Look out, see, that pig's
9: gonna bite
7: you. Well, What pig?
9: Help, help!
3: <laughs> you see
8: what I mean? <laughs>
7: now, cut that out. Scaring a man half to death like that.
2: Here, now, here. What's all this jabber weapon when there's work to be done? It's about Toto, Annie M. Um, Miss Gulch says she's going to go and get the sheriff
9: and then... Honk, I thought a... you and Hickory were supposed to be fixing that wagon. Oh, we
3: are, Miss Gail. Hammer that
7: ranch, Hickory.
9: And feed them hogs eat before they worry themselves into anemia.
7: Yes, ma'am.
9: Now then, child, what's your trouble? Annie M, really, do you know what Miss Gulch said she was going to do to Toto? She said she was There gonna... you go again, imagining things. You know, you always get yourself into a fret over nothing. Oh, but this time... Now, you just help us all out this afternoon. Find yourself a place where you won't get into any trouble. I got to get back in the house.
2: Yes, Auntie, <sighs> Come on, Toto. <laughs> Do you suppose there is such a place, Toto? Where there isn't any trouble? There must be. Not a place you can get to by a boat or a train, but it's far, far away. Behind the moon beyond the rain Somewhere over the rainbow way up high, There's a land that I heard of once in a long love- Why?
9: Miss Gow, surely you don't mean that. Why, that little that dog... That dog's a just... menace to the community.
10: I'm taking that animal to the sheriff and make sure he's destroyed. Destroyed? Oh,
2: no, no, please. You, you mustn't. Uh,
8: honey, we didn't know you were there.
2: Toto didn't know he was doing anything wrong. I'm the one who ought to be punished, Uncle Henry. I let him go in her garden. There's a law protecting folks against animals like that. No, no, please. We can't go against the
10: law, Dorothy. Now you're being smart. Give him to me. no.
2: I won't let you take him. I won't. You're a witch, a wicked old witch, oh, Dorothy. Dorothy. Oh, please, Auntie, and
10: please. Oh, I got him at last, and there's nothing any of you can do about it.
3: <laughs> now, come on, Dorothy. Cheer up, honey. Oh,
2: please, honey. I don't feel like talking. Not to anybody.
3: Not even to Toto? Oh,
2: you know he's gone. You know Miss Gulch took him away.
3: I know something else, too, honey. Toto must have jumped out of her basket and run back home because there's a little brown and white dog looking all over for you.
2: Oh, oh, Toto. Toto, you're back. Toto, Toto. You came back to me, Toto. Oh, I thought you were dead. They'll be coming after you. Miss Gulch and the sheriff, maybe. We've got to run away. Now, Toto, or no one will ever find us or, or, or take you away again. Yes, Toto, we've got to run away. It's getting dark, Toto. I I think maybe there's a storm coming. But we'll just keep going, won't we? We're not afraid. It's, it's just like Zeke said. Courage. I see what you mean. A wagon. A horse and a wagon and, and a man. And there's a big sign on the wagon. Wait, I think I can see what it says. Professor Marvel. Acclaimed by the crown heads of Europe. Let him read your past, present, and future in his crystal.
11: Well, who might you be?
2: Uh... I guess it's all right, Toto. He, he looks like a nice man.
11: Well, if you're not going to tell me who you are, suppose I tell you. But how can you? <laughs> Professor Marvel knows all tells all. Your past, present, and future for 25 cents, a quarter of a dollar. Uh, two bits, if you prefer.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, but I don't think I can afford it.
11: Oh, so your name's Dorothy, is it?
2: How did you know that?
11: Well, on the one hand, perhaps I saw you in my crystal, and on the other hand, perhaps a fellow named Zeke passed by a while ago looking for
2: you. Oh, I see.
11: Uh, but don't you think for one minute I couldn't have figured it out for myself why Professor Marvel and his magic crystal have amazed royalty and peasantry alike the
2: world over. Oh, please, Professor, can't we go with you and see all the crowned heads of Europe?
11: Oh, do you know any? Oh, uh, you, you you mean the sign on my wagon?
2: i I don't suppose you could take just a... A little look in your magic crystal for me. For nothing, I mean.
11: Matter of fact, young lady, what? I already have. Oh, just practicing, you understand. And you know what I saw? What? A woman. Tears in her eyes. Chair A woman looking for someone. And her name is... Uh, uh, Auntie M? Kindly allow me to supply the answers. Her name is Auntie M. Someone has almost broken her heart. Me? Well, someone she loved very much. And then just before the crystal went dark, I, I saw her put her hand over her heart and drop, drop down on the floor.
2: Oh, no. No. You don't suppose she could really be sick, do you? Oh, I, I've got to go home right away.
11: Go home? I thought you were going along with me. No, but
2: I've got to get to her right away. Toto, come on, Toto. We're going up. Goodbye, Professor, and thank you. Don't
11: waste any time. There's a windstorm blowing up. Oh, poor little kid. Hope she gets home all right.
2: happening. We're in the house, but the house is up in the air. Everything's moving. Everything's rushing through the sky. Barns and buggies, and there goes our chicken roost. Toto, we're caught in a cyclone. We're right up inside the middle of a cyclone. But, but there's old Mr. Gallagher in his rowboat. Mr. Gallagher! Hurry, Miss Garth, He's breeze, he kind of breezy, ain't it? And Uncle Henry's heifer. Bossy! Bossy! I don't understand this at all. Things are flying around so fast that I can. I can. Look! Miss Goach! <laughs> now she's on a broomstick. She is a witch. Don't worry, Toto. I won't let her. You stop moving, Toto. We're standing still. But we can't stand still up in the middle of the air. We're going to fall. We are falling. We're falling! We're falling! We're falling! We've landed, but where? Where? Where are we? Oh, it's a regular little village, and look—houses and streets and trees and fountains. And... Yes, you're quite right. That is our house over there. We must have bounced out when we landed. But what place is this is? I have a feeling we're being watched. I have another feeling—we're not in Kansas anymore. Why? Where... We must be over the rainbow, Toto look there's a big bubble coming down the street and and there's someone inside it- a lady, and she's stepping out of it. Oh, now I know we're not in Kansas.
12: Tell me, please, are you a good witch or a bad witch
2: me oh i'm I'm not a witch at all. I'm Dorothy Gale from Kansas oh. Well, I am a little muddled. The munchkins just summoned me because... uh,
12: munchkins? You happen to be standing in the very center of their village, you know. And uh, they sent for you? Because some new witch has just dropped a house on the Wicked Witch of the East. See? Over there. Well, but that's our farmhouse from from Kansas. Now look where I point my wand. (gasps) Two red slippers! Exactly. Two red slippers protruding from under the farmhouse all that's left of the Wicked Witch of the East. And since it's your farmhouse, obviously you're responsible. Oh, you've made the munchkins very happy, my dear. If uh, if you please, what are munchkins? The little people who live in this land. It's munchkin land, and you are now their national heroine. And who are you? Why, I'm Glinda, of course. The Witch of the North. Witch? But you're beautiful. Thank you. You see, only bad witches are ugly, and I'm considered a very good witch. Now, suppose I call the Munchkins. Come out, come out wherever you are And meet the young lady
8: who
13: fell from a sky
12: She fell from a sky, she fell very far And hands as she says is the name of the star Well, Munchkins, have you
2: nothing to say to her?
12: Where's the mayor? Oh, there you are. Uh, First of all, Miss Dorothy, a little floral tribute.
2: Oh, what beautiful flowers. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh,
8: There will be, of course, a parade and general celebration with a brass band and a regiment of cavalry. Meanwhile, oh, let the joyous news be spread.
7: The wicked old witch at last is dead.
13: Ah. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Witch, oh, witch, the wicked witch. Ding dong, the wicked witch is dead. Wake up, you
14: sleepy head. Rub your eyes, get out of bed. Wake up, the wicked witch is dead. She's gone where the goblins go. Below, 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 you'll know. Let's open up and sing. And ring the bells up. ding dong, the merry
13: old. Sing it high, sing it low. Let them know the wicked witch is dead.
10: Is coming! The wicked witch! But
2: I thought you said she was dead!
12: She is dead. This one on the broomstick is her sister, the wicked witch of the West. And
2: she's even worse than the other one! Silence! I demand silence! It's Miss Gulch! That's who it
10: is, Miss Gulch! Hard of hearing, are you? I said silence! Now then, who killed my sister? Was it you? No, no. It was an accident. I didn't mean to kill anyone. Well, my little pretty, I can cause accidents too. Aren't you forgetting the ruby slippers? The slippers, my sister's slippers. There they are, still on her feet over there.
12: Well, I'll just take them. Just a moment, if you please. Ruby slippers, slippers red. Leave the feet of she who's dead. I summon my authority and bid you serve Miss Dorothy. The slippers. What are you doing to them? Now they're on my feet. You give them back to me. Never. There they
10: are, and there they'll stay. You nasty little girl. They're of no use to you. Don't be frightened of a You stay out of this Glinda. I'll fix you as well.
12: Rubbish. You have no power here. Be gone before somebody drops a house on you, too. Very well. I'll bide my time. As for you,
10: my fine lady... You heard what she said. Be gone. I'll get you yet, my pretty. And your little dog, too. (laughs) Away, broomstick.
12: Away! It's all right, Munchkins. Don't hide your faces. She's gone. Now then, my dear, the sooner you get out of Oz, the safer you'll sleep.
2: Oh, I'd give anything to get out of Oz. But how? Which is the way back to Kansas? Kansas? The only person who might know would be the
12: great and wonderful Wizard of Oz himself. The Wizard of Oz? Is he good or is he wicked? Oh, very good, but very mysterious. He lives far off in the Emerald City. Uh, Did you by any chance bring your broomstick with you?
2: Uh, No, I'm afraid I didn't. Well,
12: then, you'll have to walk. The Munchkins will see you safely to the border. And remember, never let those ruby slippers off your feet, or you'll be at the mercy of the wicked Witch of the West. But, But how do I start for the Emerald City? All you have to do is follow that yellow brick road. Help, our munchkins The Yellow Brick Road Helpers, chun! Follow the Yellow Brick Road Follow the Yellow Brick Road Follow the Yellow
10: Brick Road Follow, 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 Follow the Yellow
2: Brick Road We're off to see the wizard The wonderful wizard of Oz We hear he is a wizard of a whiz If ever a whiz there was If ever oh ever a whiz there was The wizard of Oz is one because, 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 because Because of the wonderful things he does. We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz.
6: In a few moments, we'll bring you Act Two of The Wizard of Oz. And now, here is our Hollywood reporter, Libby Collins, to give us the Lux Radio Theater's movie news of the week.
15: Tonight, John, it's the new Howard Hughes production, Vendetta, starring a lovely newcomer to Hollywood. She's Faith DeMerg, and she's been given just the role her dark, exotic beauty calls for. This archaeo picture tells the story of a family feud in old-time Corsica, and Faith plays the girl who vows to avenge her father's murder.
6: Quite an intense melodrama, Libby. Isn't that a terrific set they built for the dueling scene?
15: Oh, yes, indeed. No California landscape could quite convey the bleakness of that wild Corsican country. So they built the whole thing on a soundstage. Faith Domergue is photographed in dark costumes throughout. Of course, they set off her startling beauty all the more.
6: There's a highly dramatic, uh, exciting quality about her acting, too.
15: Well, she's quite a perfectionist, you know. Spent years of study before attempting her first screen roll. And John... Faith DeMerig is a perfectionist about beauty, too. Naturally, her skin has to look soft and smooth in the close-ups. That's why she depends on daily facials with Lux Toilet Soap. She says it's a care that really works.
6: Lux Soap is just right to protect delicate skin, Maybe No wonder so many famous stars say they wouldn't be without this gentle soap.
15: Yes, John. Active lather does wonders for the skin. It's so easy to take a Lux Soap facial, too. You just smooth the rich lather well in, rinse with warm water, follow with a quick cold rinse, and pat with a soft towel to dry. It works like a charm to give your complexion quick new beauty. Yes,
6: Libby, that's a tip for smart women everywhere. For thorough, protecting care, there's nothing finer than Lux toilet soap. When you see Faith Domergue in Howard Hughes' exciting new picture, Vendetta, notice the smooth perfection of her skin. You'll want to try her daily active lather facials. So why not get Hollywood's own beauty soap tomorrow? Remember, nine out of ten screen stars use fragrant white Lux Toilet Soap. Now, Mr. William Keeley, our producer.
0: Act two of The Wizard of Oz, starring Judy Garland as Dorothy. <laughs> With the magic slippers on her feet, her dog Toto at her heels, and the little munchkins marching on ahead, Dorothy is on her way to the Wizard of Oz. They've reached the border of Munchkinland, and the little people have waved goodbye and disappeared.
2: Well, Toto, now what? (laughs) We're still on the yellow brick road, but now it goes in two different directions. Which way do we go? Pardon me, but
3: that way's a very nice way.
2: Who said that? Oh, don't be silly, Toto. That's just a scarecrow in the cornfield. Scarecrows don't talk.
3: On the other hand, that way is very pleasant also.
2: Why, he did talk.
3: Is there anything so unusual about that?
2: Well, yes, there is. And why do you shake your head? I mean, both yes and no at the same time.
3: Oh, that's my trouble. I never can make up my mind about anything. Oh? The fact is, I haven't got a brain. Take a look at my head, you see? It's straw, just straw like the rest of me.
2: But how can you talk if you don't have a brain?
3: Oh, some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. <laughs> don't they?
2: Yes, I guess you're right.
3: Oh, oh what's he doing, your dog?
2: Toto, why, he's licking your hand.
3: Oh, that's what I thought. I I guess I don't scare him, huh?
2: <laughs> no, of course
15: not.
3: And I can't even scare a crow. They come from miles around. They pick off my straw for their nest. It's not at all flattering. <laughs> I'm, I'm a failure just because I haven't got a brain.
2: Well, what would you do with a brain if you had one?
16: Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could... I could while away the hours And with the flowers Consulting with the rain and my head I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching If I only had a brain I'd unravel every riddle Or any individual In trouble or in pain
2: With the thoughts you'd be thinking You could be another Lincoln if you only had a brain
16: Oh, I could tell you why the ocean's near the shore. I could think of things I never thought before. And then I'd sit and think some more. (laughs) I would not be just enough in my head all full of stopping, my heart all full of pain. And perhaps I'd deserve you and be even worthier of you If I only had a brain
2: Wonderful! Just imagine a scarecrow singing and dancing. Why, if our scarecrow back in Kansas could do that...
3: What's Kansas?
2: Well, that's where Toto and I come from. And I want to get back there so badly that I'm going all the way to the Emerald City to get the Wizard of Oz to help me.
3: Wizard? Do you think if I went along, he could give me some brains, maybe...
2: Oh, I think you'd better stay here. I've got a witch mad at me and you might get into trouble. Oh, but
3: I'm not afraid of a witch. I'm not afraid of anything. Oh, except maybe a lighted match.
2: Well, since you're made out of straw, I can hardly blame you for that. Oh, won't you take me with you, please? Of course I will. Gladly. Oh, Ray, I'm going to leave the cornfield. And see a wizard, I hope. <laughs> then what are we waiting for? <laughs> We're, We're off to see, see the, the wizard, wizard the, the wonderful one of the wizard, wizard of Oz. We hear he it's is the a, wizard, of a wizard, a wizard oh. Scarecrow? Huh? Do, do you see what I see?
3: Well, not knowing what you see, how can I say that what I see is what you... Oh, wait a minute. Look, over there.
2: That's just what I mean at the edge of the forest.
3: It's a man. A man made out of tin and holding an axe. Come on, Dorothy.
2: Be careful, please. You too, Tony. Well, look here.
3: Here on the grass. An oil can. Oil
2: can! Did you say something?
3: Oh, no. He
2: did. He said, "Oil can." He wants me to oil him. My mouth. He
3: said, "His mouth."
2: All right, just a minute now.
8: Oh my goodness! Oh joy! Oh bliss! I can talk again! I can talk! Oh, oh, my arms, please! My elbows. Oh, that's wonderful, wonderful. Uh, am, I, am I doing it right? Oh, yes, yes, what a relief. I've held this axe up for ages. But my goodness, how did you ever get like this in the first place? Oh, well, uh, about a year ago, I was chopping that tree when suddenly it began to rain. I rusted so solid, I haven't been able to move since. Well, you're perfect now. Perfect. Just bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it.
3: Beautiful.
8: What an echo. You see? Empty. The tinsmith forgot to give me a
2: heart. No, no heart. heart. No
8: heart. Oh. All hollow.
1: And believe me, not having a heart, well, presents problems. When a man's an empty kettle, he should be on his mettle. And yet I'm torn apart. Just because I'm presuming that I could be kind to human If I only had a heart I'd be tender, I'd be gentle And awful sentimental regarding love and art I'd be friends with the sparrows And the boy that shoots the arrows If I only had a heart Picture me a balcony ¶ A voice sings low, wherefore art thou, Romeo? ¶ I hear a beat, how sweet just to register emotion ¶ Jealousy, devotion, and really feel the part ¶ I'd stay young and chipper and I'd lock it with a zipper ¶ If I only had a heart ¶
2: Well, I certainly see what you mean.
8: You were whispering, you and him, while I was singing.
2: Well, we were just wondering if you'd care to go with us to the Emerald City. Then you could ask the Wizard of Oz for a heart.
8: But suppose he wouldn't give me one when we got there.
2: Oh, but he will. He must. We've come such a long way already. Ah,
10: you call that long, my pretty? Why, you've just begun.
2: (laughs) Who's that? Who's laughing? The witch, the wicked witch.
10: Well, my two fine gentlemen... Helping the little lady along, are you? Well, stay away from her.
2: Oh, oh, yeah? I'll
10: stuff a mattress with you, you straw man. And you, I'll use that tin carcass for a beehive.
3: <laughs> Gosh, what a witch.
10: Want to play ball, scarecrow? Well, here, catch. No, no, look out, it's a ball of fire. Fire, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> stand still,
8: stand still. I'll stamp out the fire with my ten feet. There. <laughs> you can move now. Oh,
3: much obliged, Tinwood. Oh, yes,
8: we both are. But I'm
3: still not afraid of her. I'll see that you get safety to the wizard now, whether I get a brain or not.
8: Stuff a mattress with me. Ha! Mm. And I'll see that you reach the wizard whether I get a heart or not.
2: Oh, you're the best friends anybody ever had. And it's funny, but I feel as if I'd known you all the time. You're just like Hunk and, and, and Hickory. But I... I couldn't have known you, could I?
3: I certainly don't see how.
2: Uh, I guess it doesn't really matter. We know each other now, all right? That's right. We do. <laughs>
3: then to us, to us. We're, We're off,
2: off to see the, the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. We hear he is a visible of a whiz, if ever a wizard
3: uh, was. Ah, does anybody happen to know? Where we are uh,
8: That's easy We're in a forest
2: And I don't like it It's so dark and and creepy (laughs) Toto, Toto, come back Stay on the path
3: He he sees something behind that bush (laughs) And
2: so do I I think I do too It's a lion A lion, he's coming this way Stay where you are
7: (laughs) Put him up Put up your fists Ah. I'll fight you with one paw tied behind my back I'll fight you standing on one foot Stand up and fight Ah. Ah. Ah.
2: Ah. Ah. I'll swallow
7: you first, you little peewee
2: dog Shame on you, you let that little dog alone Let him
7: alone (laughs) (laughs) No why did you have to slap me, for? <laughs> I didn't bite him. <laughs> Look, the lion, he's crying. Well, you tried to bite him. Well, you didn't have to go and hit me, did you? <laughs> Is my nose bleeding?
2: Oh, of course not. My goodness, you're nothing but a great big coward.
7: <laughs> you're right, I'm a coward. I haven't any
3: courage at all.
2: Do
3: you suppose the wizard would help him, to?
2: I don't see why not. Why don't you come with us, Lion? We're on our way to see the Wizard of Oz and get the Tin Woodsman a heart. And
7: him a brain.
2: And I'm sure he could give you some courage. <laughs>
7: Wouldn't you feel degraded to be seen in the company of a cowardly lion? (laughs) I would
2: (laughs) No, of course not Here, you'd better take my handkerchief
7: (laughs) Thank you (laughs) You've been so nice to me
2: Now, please stop crying
7: I'll try. But,
3: but how did you get this way in the first place, lion?
7: Well, if you can spare the time, it, it was like this. Yes, it's sad, believe me, Missy, when you're born to be a sissy without the
16: Vimmenberg. But I could show my prowess, be a lion, not a mouse, if I only had the nerve. I'm afraid there's no denying. I'm just a dandelion. A fate I don't deserve. I'd be brave as a blizzard. I'd
2: be gentle as a lizard. I'd be clever as a gizzard. If the wizard is a wizard who will serve,
16: then I'm sure to get a brain, a heart,
2: a home,
7: the nerve
3: then let's be on our way without any more delay. That's just what I was going
7: to say. We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard
2: of Oz. We hear he is a wizard of a wizard, never a wizard
5: (music) ( rendering) (quality) (speaking) Ha-ha!
10: Little do they know, I, too, was hiding in the forest. I'll still get those ruby slippers, and then my power will be the greatest in Oz. And woe to those who try to stop me. I'm all broomstick. Away!
2: Look, everybody, look. Emerald City, oh, at last, at last.
7: Emerald City, eh? Gosh, it's all green. And with turrets and towers. And look how big
3: it is. But...
2: How do we get in? This wall goes all around everything. Most certainly does.
8: Look at the top of the wall. Oh, who are you? That's my question. Who are you? Well, if you'll let us in, we'll be glad to tell you. Let you in, huh? Well, you look harmless enough. Open
2: the gates of Emerald City. We can go in. The gates are opening. Well, that's the general idea of Gates, isn't it? Kindly step forward and state your business. Uh, we want to see the wizard, please. The
11: the, the wizard? Oh, but nobody can see the great R's. Nobody's ever seen the great R's. Even I have never seen him.
2: Oh, please. The good witch of the North sent me here.
11: Prove it. She's wearing the ruby slippers she gave her, you see? Well, bust my buttons. So she is. Then you'll take us to the wizard? There you go again. Wizard. Uh, well, uh, well yeah, yeah, of course, uh, wizard. Uh, meanwhile, you'd all better wait... I beg th- your pardon, sir? Well, well, what is it now? Good grief, man. Can't you? I don't no want to
8: serve the public square. Uh, wh- who wants in The me? entire population of Emerald City. There's something going on, sir, and I don't like the looks of it.
11: No, no, no. What's everyone so excited about? Don't
2: you see? Up there in the sky. Huh?
8: Whoa! that's quite a trick, isn't it? Dorothy, it's skywriting. Letters of black smoke all
7: across the sky. What does it say?
2: It's the Wicked Witch. It says, it says, surrender Dorothy. (laughs) Dorothy? (laughs) Dorothy. The wizard will explain it
8: to the wizard. Nobody's going to bother
11: the wizard now. The great and powerful Oz has the situation well in hand, I hope. So you can all go home. Go on, scatter. You draw
2: flies. But if you please, sir, we want to see the wizard right away. Certainly
11: not. Not nobody, not no how. But she's Dorothy. The witch is Dorothy? Nope, not even you.
2: Oh, please. Please, it's the, it's the only way I'll ever be able to get home.
11: Not nobody, not no how.
2: the M was so good to me, and I never appreciated it. Running away, hurting her feelings. What's that? Professor Marvel said she was sick. She may be dying, and it's all my fault.
11: <laughs> I'll get you to the wizard somehow. <laughs> He's crying, too. Oh, you see, I I had an Aunt Em once myself. (laughs) Oh, this is all highly irregular, but just follow me.
3: (laughs) Gosh, he just left us in this chamber. It's so dark and echoey, huh?
2: He said the wizard would be waiting for us.
7: (laughs) I'm closing my eyes. Did you just... Tell me when it's all over. <laughs> Silence.
2: Who, who is that? I
1: am God, the great and
11: powerful. But,
2: but, we we can't see anybody. Silence.
11: You shall never see me. But
2: if you please, we we must tell you something. Nobody ever
11: tells me anything. I know.
8: And you, tin pads Yes, your honor.
11: Clinking and flattering for a heart. And new... you?
7: Me, your wizardry? A
11: billowing day of both mean breakfast who beg for a break.
7: A new lion. Oh, uh...
2: Lion, well,
3: liar, wake up. The wizard will be awfully mad. Oh, you it? ought to
2: be ashamed of yourself. I Frightening the poor, cowardly lion like that when he came to you for help. Silence! The
11: beneficent us have every intention of granting your request, but you must first
2: prove worthy. Oh, we will. We'll do anything. Very well.
14: Bring me the
8: broomstick on the wicked witch on the west. Oh, but, but if we do that, why, we'll have to kill her to get it. Bring me her broomstick.
7: But well, what if she kills us first? <laughs>
11: Silence! Leave the great gate of Emerald City. Follow the arrow block the forest and heads to the witch's castle. Now go, go, and return, if you can.
2: The haunted forest? The witch's castle? Well, I... I guess there's nothing else to do but go.
3: That's the spirit, Dorothy.
7: Come on, lion.
2: We're not afraid. We'll get that old broomstick.
10: (laughs) 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 And they think I don't know about it. They think they'll take me by surprise. Ah, at last, I'll have them in my power. The little girl, her nasty dog, and the magic ruby (laughs) slippers.
0: In just a few moments, we'll bring you Act Three of The Wizard of Oz. I particularly want you to meet our guest for tonight, uh, Paula Stone... ...writer-producer for MGM Radio Attractions. She will bring us news of the world premiere in Hollywood last Wednesday... ...of Metro-Golden-Mare's great picture, The Magnificent Yankee. As commentator at the premiere, you interviewed the many stars who attended, didn't you, Paula?
17: Yes, I did, Mr. Keeley. It was one of the most thrilling evenings I've experienced. Over a hundred stars were there.
0: To cheer for Louis Calhoun and Anne Harding, of course.
17: Oh, yes. Everyone was so enthusiastic about the picture and the superb performance turned in by Louis Calhern as Justice Holmes and Anne Harding as his devoted wife.
0: There's a picture as rousing as a brass band. The distinguished career of one of our greatest men is presented in the authentic atmosphere of our nation's capital. Why, you actually feel the march of stirring events.
17: It's an exciting treatment of our recent history, but it's also a beautiful love story. Yes,
0: Indeed. The deep attachment of Justice Holmes for his wife is something to warm the heart. Anne Harding brings dignity and beauty to her role in The Magnificent Yankee.
17: And she's completely charming and very lovely, too. Of course, as you might expect, like so many famous stars I interview from time to time, she gives credit to Lux care for her skin and just keeping it right for the cameras.
6: Well, after all, Miss Stone, it's Hollywood's own beauty soap, you know.
17: Oh, yes, Mr. Kennedy. And Lux soap in the big bath size is just as popular. I know I wouldn't be without it. There's nothing more luxurious after a busy day than a refreshing Lux soap bath.
6: There's something special about the lather rich and creamy, even in hardest water.
17: Yes, it leaves skin really fresh. Fragrant, too, with a nice, delicate perfume.
6: No wonder Screen Stars prefer this satin-smooth bath cake. Thank you, Miss Paula Stone, for being here tonight. Now, here's a shopping hint for the ladies in our audience. Get the generous bath-size Lux Toilet Soap tomorrow. Enjoy its luxurious lather and delightful perfume. You'll discover why Screen Stars... Say it makes you sure of all over Lux loveliness. Nine out of ten famous Hollywood stars use fragrant white Lux toilet soap. We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: rises on act three of The Wizard of Oz, starring Judy Garland as Dorothy. Well, if Dorothy is ever to get back home to Kansas, and if I'm ever to have a brain, and me a heart, and me courage, then Dorothy must first get the broomstick of the Wicked Witch and bring it back to The Wizard of Oz. But if the wizard knows everything, the Wicked Witch, unfortunately, knows quite a lot herself. Now, in her bleak and dismal castle, she gloats over a newly captured prisoner.
10: (laughs) Excuse me for laughing, but it was so easy to capture you that I can't help it. At least my friends got away. Toto, too. What do I care about them? It's you I wanted. You and the magic ruby slippers. I had every warrior slave in this castle on the watch for you. Now, give me those slippers. No, no. The good witch Glinda told me not to. Fool that I am. I should know the slippers will never come off as long as you're alive. You... you mean... Ah, now how shall I do it? I think I'll make up a special batch of poison. Yes, that ought to do it. Some nice, fresh poison. <laughs> ah.
3: Look, it's Dorothy's dog. It's Lion, look. Oh,
7: we're goners now, all right. He'll lead the witch's soldiers right here to our hiding place.
8: No, no, he's come to
7: take us to Dorothy, up there in the castle. We can't fail her now, we can't. I'll go, witch or no witch, I'll tear him apart. I'll knock him cold. I may not come out alive, but I'm going in there. Oh, Lion, that, that, that's wonderful. There's only one thing I want you fellows to do. What's that? Dog talk me out of it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, no, you don't. Come what may, we're going to rescue Dorothy.
8: All right, Toto, show us the way.
7: This is the room Toto snipped her out. Dorothy? Who is it? It's us. We've come to save you. Open the door.
2: I can't. She's locked me in here.
7: Chin Man, your axe, chop down the door. But that'll make a noise in the guards. Who cares will...
8: about the guards? We'll save you, Dorothy. We'll save you.
2: She'll be back any minute. Hurry, please. Here goes the door. Stand back, Dorothy. <laughs> You'd come, I knew it And Toto, Toto oh, We'll
3: have you out of this castle Before you Boy, can say <laughs> The
7: witch, the wicked witch yeah.
2: My little party's
10: just about to begin Guards, seize them, seize Ooh. them Thought you were being pretty foxy, huh? Now I've got the whole lot of you Let's see, how shall I start the fun? You first,
2: scarecrow. <laughs> How about another ball of fire? No, 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 not, that, ah! not fire. Oh, help, I'm burning, I'm burning. I'll help you. This bucket of water, water. he not it. No, no, put down that water.
3: Oh, thank you, Dorothy, thank oh, you. Oh,
10: you
2: cursed brat, you've killed me. You've killed me. Nonsense, I I just happened <gasps> to splash some water on you too.
15: Oh. Look,
7: the witch... She's
2: melting. Oh, what a world, what a world.
10: Who would have thought that a good little girl like you could destroy my beautiful wickedness? I'm going, I'm going fast.
8: She is gone. Look,
2: nothing but a little steaming puddle.
7: She's dead. You've killed the wicked witch.
2: But I didn't mean to kill her. I I didn't know that water... You
7: don't understand. Now we're all free. She enslaved us, but now her spell over all of us is broken! Hey! All hail to Dorothy!
2: The wicked witch is dead! Hail! 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 Thank you, and if you don't mind, may I please have her broom?
7: Here, take it with you.
2: Now we can go back to the wizard! And tell
7: him the wicked witch is dead! <laughs>
2: Onward to Emerald City!
7: She's
11: gone where the goblins has gone. I still can't believe my eyes. You've come back. Back to Emerald City.
2: And we did exactly what the great Oz told us to do. Here, here's the witch's broomstick.
3: And now, if you don't mind taking us to the Wizard, You see,
11: he promised us. You uh, he uh, promised to all your broomsticks. What an unhappy situation.
8: Unhappy? After all, we've gone oh, through... Oh,
11: I'm glad there's no one else around to hear this.
8: Hear what?
11: Oh, little girl, there is no great and powerful wizard of ours. That is, I am the wizard.
2: But he spoke to us himself.
11: I spoke to you. Oh, it was no great trick. A dark room, a few smoke powders. Your, your own imaginations did the rest. Why, you... you humbug. Exactly.
2: Oh, you're a very bad man. Oh, no,
11: my dear, I'm just a very bad wizard. <laughs>
2: What about the heart you promised
11: Tin Man?
7: And Scarecrow's brain.
11: Well, anybody can have a brain. That's a very mediocre commodity. Well, I don't have one. Then listen a moment. Back where I come from, we have great universities where men go to become deep thinkers. And when they come out, they know how to think just fine. And with no more brains than you have. What? But they have one thing you haven't got. A diploma. A diploma. Therefore, by virtue of the authority in me vested by the Universitatis Committee, um, I hereby confer upon you the honorary degree of T.H.D. T.H.D.? Doctor of Thinkology, here's your
7: diploma.
2: Oh, oh, Scarecrow, how wonderful. But,
7: But what about me? I'm still a coward,
11: I think. Of course not. You are merely under the unfortunate delusion that because you run away from danger, you have no courage.
3: A simple matter of confusing
11: courage with wisdom. <laughs> oh, joy, oh, rapture, I've got a brain. <laughs> Back where I come from, Lion, we have men who are called heroes. Yet they have no more courage than you have. But they do have one thing you haven't got. A medal. Medal? Therefore, for meritorious conduct and conspicuous bravery against wicked witches, I award you the Triple
2: Cross. The Triple Cross?
7: (laughs) Oh, shucks. It was nothing.
11: You are now a member of the Legion of Courage. As for you, my galvanized petitioner, you want a heart. You don't know how lucky you are not to have one. Hearts will never be practical until they can be made Unbreakable.
8: I still want
11: one. Back where I come from, there are men who do nothing but good deeds all day long. And their hearts are no bigger than yours. They're called philanthropists. But they have one thing you haven't got. A testimonial. Testimonial? Therefore, in consideration of your kindness, I present you with this small token of our esteem and affection.
2: A heart. It is a heart.
11: Just remember that a heart is not judged by how much you love, but by how much you are loved.
8: Listen, it, it ticks. My heart even ticks. It, but, but what about Dorothy?
11: You uh, you still want to go back to Kansas, hmm?
2: Oh, I do. I do.
11: I wish I could help you, child, but I can't.
2: You mean... I'll never get home.
11: But it, it, it's really rather pleasant here once you get to know the place.
3: And we want you to stay, Dorothy. You see, we love you, you and Toto.
2: And I love you, but what am I to do?
11: What was that? Look what's coming. A bubble.
2: Who's been blowing
8: bubbles around here?
2: Hey, there's somebody in it. It's Glinda. Glinda the good witch. Oh, help me. Help me. But you don't need my help, child.
12: You've always had the power to go back to Kansas.
7: I have. Then why didn't you tell her before?
12: Because she wouldn't have believed me. She had to learn by herself.
3: Have you learned, Dorothy?
2: Well, I... I think that... That it wasn't enough just to want to see Uncle Henry and Auntie M... And it's that if I ever go looking for my heart's desire again... I won't look any further than my own backyard. Because if it isn't there, I never really lost it to begin with. Is that right?
12: That's all it is, my dear. Now your magic slippers will take you home in two
2: seconds. Oh, that's... that's too wonderful to be true. Only it's... it's going to be so hard to really say goodbye... I I love you all so much. Goodbye, tin man. Oh, don't cry. You rust so dreadfully.
8: Now I know I have a heart. It's
7: breaking.
2: Goodbye, lion. I know it isn't right, but... I'm going to miss the way you used to holler for help before you found your courage.
7: I never would have found it. If it hadn't been for you.
2: Scarecrow? I think I'll miss you most of all.
3: Goodbye, dear friend.
12: Are you ready now?
2: (laughs) Yes, I'm ready. Say goodbye, Toto. Now
12: close your eyes and think to yourself. There's no place like home. There's no place like home.
17: There's, There's no place
12: like home. There's no place
2: like... home. Dorothy, Dorothy, child, oh, wake, Please no wake up. Please wake up. No place like home. No place like home.
9: It's Aunt M, darling. Oh, Henry, look, she's opening her eyes. Oh, Annie M... It is you. Yes, darling.
11: Hello there. Can I come in? I just dropped by because I heard the little girl got caught in the big cyclone. Well, got and a I... bad knock in the head, Professor Marvel, but she's coming around now.
9: We we thought for a minute she was going to leave us.
3: Sure had us worried, Dorothy. <gasps> Why, you remember me, your old pal Hunk?
2: Oh.
7: And me, Hickory? You couldn't forget my face, now, could you?
2: Zeke, I, I must have been dreaming... I I was in a place far away, and and you and you and you were all there. We were. But you, you couldn't have been, could you? Oh, we dream lots of silly things, dear. When we. No, Adam, this was a real, truly live place. And all I kept saying to everybody was, I want to go home, and they sent me home. <laughs> oh, Toto you believe me, even if nobody else does. Of
18: course we believe you, Dorothy. Oh,
2: anyway, Toto, we're home. And this is my room, and, and you're all here. And I'm never going to leave here ever, ever again. Because I love you all. Oh, Annie M., there's no place like home. Someday I'll wish upon a star And wake up where the clouds are far behind
0: Bye to the Wizard of Oz and congratulations to our lovely star, Judy Garland, and those remarkable characters from the land of Oz. Judy, we can't tell you how much we appreciate your giving up Christmas with your family, To appear on the Lux Radio Theater.
2: Oh, thank you, Bill, but I didn't really. You see, I brought my three-year-old, my four-year-old daughter, Liza. (laughs) It says three in the script, but she's really
7: four. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) I'd like to meet her.
2: I'm afraid you're too late, Cowardly Lion. Liza fell in love with a scarecrow. He's teaching her to dance.
7: Where is he? Let him put up his fists. I'll fight him with one paw tied behind my back. <laughs> Imagine
0: only three or uh, four years old <laughs> and has two men fighting over her already.
2: Well, that's because she's a luxe girl, Bill, just like her ma. Well,
0: I can see you're bringing
2: her up right, Judy. Now what are you girls going to do? Go home and eat more turkey? Oh, no, positively no more today. But I promised Liza if she was a good girl, I'd take her to the movie tomorrow. Well, why not
0: take her to see Esther Williams in the Pagan Love Song? Metro-Golden-Mare's new musical.
2: That sounds good. Liza loves singing and dancing.
0: Then be sure she listens in next week because we'll have another holiday special. Two of Hollywood's brightest musical comedy stars, Ginger Rogers and George Murphy. And we'll present them in Metro-Golden-Mare's recent musical screen success, The Barclays of Broadway.
2: Oh, well, we won't miss it, Bill. Good night. Good night, Judy.
0: And may your new year be a very happy one.
6: Who is this Hollywood star?
15: One of three beautiful sisters. She's written a best selling book on charm. She's the glamorous mother of four lovely daughters. A
6: glamorous mother of four? Uh-huh. Uh, how about Joan Bennett?
15: Uh, right. And the girls are always as perfectly groomed as Joan herself. Of course, she insists on Lux care for all their washables as well as her own. Everything from dainty party dresses to two year old Shelley's gay cotton play clothes. Hollywood stars love gentle Lux because it keeps colors new looking so much longer. Take a tip from Joan Bennett. Get a big box of Lux Flakes tomorrow. Give all the children's Christmas washables that lovely Lux look.
0: Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, join me in hoping that you've all had a joyous Christmas. And be sure to join us again next Monday night when we'll present Ginger Rogers and George Murphy in The Barclays of Broadway. This is William Keeley saying goodnight to you from Hollywood.
6: Our play was adapted by S.H. Barnett, and our music was directed by Rudy Schrager. Stay tuned for My Friend Irma, which follows over these same stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: metro golden Mayor turned The Wizard of Oz into a screen classic, and a lovely little singer into a star. One of the most talented stars of Hollywood, Judy Garland.
2: Someday I'll wish upon a star And wake up where the clouds are far behind me Where troubles melt like lemon drops Away above the chimney tops That's where
5: Hey everyone, this is Mindy. Thanks for listening to another episode of Old Time Radio. Next in our Judy Garland series is her appearance on Good News of 1939, broadcast on June 29th, 1939, and this predates the premiere of The Wizard of Oz by a few weeks. uh, It would be released on August 12th. This entire episode is dedicated to The Wizard of Oz, both the music and the story. It starts off with a fantastic overture performance by Meredith Wilson and his band. They actually call him the Wilson of Oz, which I found cute. It's a beautiful arrangement and exquisitely done. It's just a gorgeous way to start the hour. The music is referred to as unusual and lovely, and I have never heard a more apt description of the soundtrack of The Wizard of Oz. It made me think about about the people in the audience hearing it for the first time or sitting by the radio hearing this to me unique music that doesn't really seem to have a parallel back then or even I would say now just for me and maybe it's just my own bias. Uh, I I don't remember the first time I watched the movie or heard the soundtrack but I remember very early on every year it would play and I grew up in the 80s so but I still had to wait a few years before it was released on VHS. It, It used to just be broadcast once a year and at least in my memory so that was always kind of a big event just one of those movies that they it was just kind of a special presentation every year that you could look forward to and I absolutely did and I loved the characters and I loved singing along and wish I had my ruby slippers all that deal I I loved it so it must have been a real treat to sit there not knowing maybe what to expect and then hearing what came out of the next hour. It must have been a, a thrill for the audience. So and they were able to get Frank Morgan, Ray Bolger, who plays the scarecrow. They call him the straw man, but we know him as the scarecrow. And then Bert Lars there as the Cowardly Lion. And Robert Young actually fills in for Jack Haley as the Tin Man. And I just did a fantastic job filling in for him. They go through a majority of the soundtrack. Judy of course sings over the rainbow a few times because that's that's the wow factor. <laughs> but they they do medleys of it really was numerical and Ding dong the witch is dead they do if I only had a brain if I were king of the forest merry old land of Oz it's just an hour of fantastic fun. And something I I never really knew until reading about the release of The Wizard of Oz was 1939 is still known as the greatest year in Hollywood history. The Best Picture nominations for the Academy Award that year, there were nine of them. The Wizard of Oz was one. Gone with the Wind won that year. And then the other movies in that category included Dark Victory, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Ninotchka. probably said that wrong, and that's the only one I haven't heard of. Of Mice and Men, Goodbye Mr. Chips, Wuthering Heights, Love Affair, and Stagecoach. That is a heck of a group of movies to be associated with, and they all came out in 1939. I don't believe Hollywood has ever had a year like that ever since. Nothing, nothing that came close to that string of fantastic classics. So, they were in good company. Uh, You know, we we've kind of went through some of the history of the production and Judy's personal story and her career leading up to this moment, and I feel like it's this big celebration of something that has it never stopped being beloved and it, it just feels almost celebratory even though the people in the audience hadn't seen the movie yet <laughs> so knowing what it would end up being it, it just it's a great hour of entertainment it's genuinely a, a pleasure to listen to from beginning to end the music is exquisite everyone brought their a game it's a it's a great great show and i don't believe there's anything i could add to it So, I will shut up very early on and let you get to a fantastic hour of radio. Enjoy.
19: Maxwell House Coffee presents this season's final edition of Good News of
13: 1939.
19: makers of Maxwell House Coffee welcome you to an hour of entertainment brought to you by the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Studios in Hollywood, with a special list of guest stars from the cast of The Wizard of Oz, Judy Garland, Bert Lahr, and Ray Bolger, E.Y. Harburg, Harold Allen, plus the regular Good News Gang, Mike Morgan, Sandy Bryson-Hanley Stafford, and Meredith Wilson and his orchestra. And here is your host for this evening, Robert Young.
20: Good evening, folks. Although this is the closing program of this season's Good News Series, this is not going to be a sad parting. No, sir. We're going to try to give you something to remember us by. We're going to introduce for the first time some of the loveliest music you've ever heard. We're going to present the exciting personalities for whom this music was written. In short, we're dedicating our entire program to MGM's newest screen achievement, The Wizard of Oz. As most everybody knows by now, The Wizard of Oz stars Judy Garland, Frank Morgan, Ray Bolger, Bert Lahr, Jack Haley, Billy Burke and Margaret Hamilton, and was directed by Victor Fleming. And now heard for the first time on the air an overture of the songs from The Wizard of Oz written by E.Y. Harburg and Harold Arlen, played for us by Meredith the Wilson of Oz. <laughs>
14: a whiz, if ever a wizard was, if ever oh, ever a wizard was, a wizard of Mars is one because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does, we're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of all.
20: An overture, but none more thrilling than this one. Oh
21: shucks, Bob, It weren't nothing. <laughs> All I can say about Wizard of Oz music is that it's so unusual and so lovely that it's a real thrill to play it. You know, Bob, I can hardly wait to see the Wizard of Oz. It's my favorite story. Mine too. Well, I'll never forget the first time the story was told to me. It was thrilling. My uh, school teacher held me on her lap. Oh, to be eighteen again!
20: <laughs> that was Meredith Wilson, the Oomph Boy. While Meredith lives among his memories of happy school days, suppose we continue with our study of child life. Here she is, that little decoy for a nervous breakdown, Fanny Bright as baby Snooks. Last week, Daddy, played by Hanley Stafford, became the proud father of a lovely boy. Naturally, he's all wrapped up in the little one, but Snooks seems to feel that the newcomer has usurped her place in Daddy's affections. She's been acting strangely all week, and as the scene opens, Daddy is putting Snooks to bed. Here they are. All right, dear. Say your prayers, and I'll turn out the light.
4: I ain't gonna say
22: no prayers.
23: Oh, but Snooks, you must say your prayers.
22: Can I leave out the baby? Why, of course not. Then I ain't gonna say no prayers.
23: (laughs) Now look here, child. You don't know how you're hurting me by acting this way. I can't understand why you've been so sullen since the baby came.
4: I don't like them.
23: Well, why not?
22: He hollers too much.
23: Why, of course he cries a lot, but that's only his way of letting us know that he wants something.
4: Well, why don't he ask for it?
23: Oh, Snooks, you know as well as I do that infants can't talk. Why? Because no baby talks until it's at least a year old.
22: That ain't what you said to Uncle
14: Louis.
23: What did I say to Uncle Louie?
14: You said you cursed the day you was born.
23: Well, never mind that. Now, I want you to say your prayers.
22: There he goes again, Daddy.
23: Well, mummy will look after him. Little Dickens is probably hungry.
22: Where did he come from, Daddy?
23: I told you, the angels in heaven sent him down.
14: Why? Oh,
23: they have their reasons.
14: I guess they couldn't stand that rabbit.
23: <laughs> I wish you'd stop that silly talk. The child is adorable, and you'll soon get to love him. Don't you think he's awful cute to look at?
22: No.
23: Why do you say that?
14: He looks like a lobster.
23: (laughs) Well, he is a little red, but all new babies look that way. Anyway, the redness will soon disappear.
14: Will the baby disappear?
23: (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I can help it.
14: Oh. Daddy. What is it? Is only baby's faces red?
23: Oh, no. Sometimes grown people's faces get red. Why? Oh, for various reasons. Mostly, a person's face turns red when when he's ashamed. Does it? Yes.
22: Why does Uncle Looney, Uncle Louie only get ashamed in his nose?
13: Well, we won't
23: discuss that now. It's time for you to go to sleep. Now kiss me good. Snooks, what are you doing?
22: I'm doing nothing, Daddy.
23: You're biting your nails. I told you I don't like that habit. Why? Because it's not nice. Now you stop it, do you hear me? I
22: don't want
23: to. Oh, maybe you'd like a Spanking.
4: You hate me,
23: don't you, Daddy? Oh, what are you talking about?
4: If I bite my nail,
14: you spank me.
23: Well, what about it?
14: But if that new kid sticks his whole foot in his mouth, you think it's you. Oh,
23: what ridiculous
13: nonsense.
23: Now, just listen, Snooks. You've simply got to get over this jealousy. I ain't
13: jealous.
23: Yes, you are.
13: No, I ain't. You
23: are!
14: Ah! What are you crying about? I don't know. <laughs>
23: All right, now, be a good little girl and go to sleep, and Daddy will always love you.
14: All
22: right, Daddy. Good night. Good night. Daddy? Yes? Why are you all dressed up?
23: Well, I've been invited over to the MGM studios to see a picture.
22: What picture?
23: It's a private showing of The Wizard of Oz. I've got to leave right away.
22: I want to go with
23: you. Oh, you can go with me, (laughs) Snows. But if you promise not to interrupt, I'll tell you the story very quickly.
22: I
14: promise,
23: Daddy. Very well. Once upon a time, there was a little girl who lived in Kansas, and her name was Dorothy. She lived with her. Who
13: aunt.
23: lived? Dorothy. She lived Dorothy with her. Dorothy who? Just Dorothy. And she lived with her aunt and her uncle. <laughs> uncle Lloyd?
13: No,
23: Uncle Henry. Her aunt's name was M, and her uncle's name was Henry, and she lived with them. Now, she was just a little Who was? The little, little girl.
14: Which little girl? The little girl in
13: the story. What story? The Wizard of Oz! Ah.
14: Now, don't ask any more
23: questions. I'll be late for the picture. Now, this little girl, Dorothy, lived with her aunt and her uncle. Why? Because her parents died when she was a child and left her an orphan. What did she do with it?
14: What did she do
13: with what? The orphan. She was the orphan. Who was? Dorothy. Oh. Dorothy
23: loved her uncle very much because he gave her a dog called Toto. He was black all over.
14: Her uncle was black?
23: No, her dog. One day, there came a big cyclone, and Aunt Em... Oh,
4: what's a cyclone, like, Daddy?
23: You know what a cyclone is, Snooks. What is it that comes very suddenly, turns the whole house upside down, and leaves nothing but trouble in its wake?
4: A new baby. <laughs>
14: ah! No. It's a big windstorm.
23: When the cyclone struck, Dorothy didn't have time to get to the cellar. So she was swept away in the house with Toto. And she was carried... Who to... was carried? Dorothy, she was carried...
14: Oh,
4: where's the wizard?
23: I'm coming to him, if you'll just be patient. She was carried to the land of the munchkins.
4: What's munchkins?
23: They're very little people. Am I a
4: little munchkin? No. no. Well, I'm little, ain't
23: I? Listen, you can be little without being a munchkin. But you can't be a munchkin without being little. Why? Because munchkins are born little and they stay little. Children are born little and they grow up to be big.
14: Big munchkins?
23: Now, big people.
14: Will I go up to be big?
23: Certainly will. Big again,
22: Sophie? Yes! <laughs> oh, what are you doing I want to be a munchkin.
23: Oh, for heaven's sake. I've got to get to the studio. Will you keep quiet until I finish the story so you can go to sleep? No. Oh, you don't want to hear the end of the story? No. Now, oh, that's fine. You want to go right to sleep? No. You don't want to hear the end of the story? You don't want to go to sleep? In heaven's name, what do you want?
22: I want to go see the picture.
23: Oh, well, with a new baby and everything, you have had a tough week. Now, get dressed. I'm going to take you with me. Why? Oh, just on account of the new baby.
14: Oh. Daddy? Yes? Have another
22: baby next week so I can go to the circus.
23: <laughs> All right, I'll order <laughs> it right away. Come on. We're
14: yeah, on. off to see the, the wizard,
13: the wonderful wizard <laughs> of
19: Now, friends, let's go back 50 years to a famous old hotel in Nashville, Tennessee. It's a warm summer night, but the stately Maxwell House is lighted with a blaze of candles. The southern aristocracy is gathered to pay honor to a great southern colonel. He stands resplendent in his uniform, surrounded by delighted, laughing girls, admiring men. And now the waiters come around with refreshments. We hear the colonel. And is this that famous Maxwell House coffee I've heard so much about? Yes,
22: Colonel, this show is it. This here is Mr. Cheek's coffee.
19: Well, I'd like to speak to Mr. Cheek if he's here.
18: Uh, Here I am, sir, at your service.
19: Well, Mr. Cheek, I want to congratulate you. Your coffee's become very famous in the South. It's delightful. But tonight it's so warm and all, I I wonder if I could try your Maxwell House ice.
18: With pleasure, Colonel. I'd thought of that. I have the ice right here. So...
24: There you are, sir.
19: Thank you, Mr. Cheek. Ah, delicious. By Jove, Mr. Cheek, that is wonderful coffee. (laughs) And it's a real test when you drink coffee iced, you know. Yes, friends, either iced or hot, Maxwell House has always been a delicious coffee. But today, that famous Maxwell House is even more delicious than it was when Joel Cheek created it more than 50 years ago. And there are two important reasons why. Today... Not only has this famous blend been still more marvelously enriched, but we've developed a remarkable new way of roasting (coughs) Maxwell House called Radiant Roast, a process which roasts each coffee bean evenly all the way through. So there's no chance of weak coffee due to under-roasting, no chance of bitter coffee due to parching. Your new Maxwell House gives you the same rich, smooth, full-flavored goodness every time. That's why more people are enjoying Maxwell House today than ever before in its history. So, friends, get a pound of the new Maxwell House tomorrow. Try it. Your very first delicious taste will tell you that this new Maxwell House is now, more than ever, good to the last drop.
20: And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you behind the scenes and show you how a picture was created. Early in 1938, MGM selected Mervyn Leroy to produce The Wizard of Oz. The screen adaptation having been completed, the momentous task of casting the players for each of the many important parts was attacked. The role of the Scarecrow had been assigned to Ray Bolger. The clattering, squeaking Tin Woodman was Jack Haley. The blustering, whimpering, cowardly lion was Bert Lahr. Glinda the beautiful Fairy Queen, Billy Burke. But what of the wizard himself? Who was humorous enough, clever enough, and foolish enough to play the wizard? And equally important, what of Dorothy, a sweet little girl who journeys to the land of Oz? Not only must she be a fine actress, but she must be a great singer. And so, in June 1938, in the office of producer Leroy...
4: May I come in, Mr. Leroy?
20: Judy,
18: I'll say you may come in. I just called you at your house. Your mother said you're on your way to the studio. Oh,
2: I just couldn't stay home. I was so nervous.
18: Nervous? Why should you be nervous, Judy?
2: Well, after all, Mr. Leroy, I was thinking maybe I'm not
4: good enough for the part and... Well,
18: Judy, even a smart little girl like you can be wrong. We've just seen the test we made of you for the part and...
4: You mean I'm... Well,
18: you've guessed it. You're Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz.
4: Oh, Mr. Leroy, it can't be true. I, I dreamed and hoped for a chance like this, but I never really thought I'd be so lucky. Well,
18: you're not lucky. We're the lucky ones.
4: Oh, but Mr. Leroy, I just can't
2: believe it. But if I do wake up and it's all true, I I promise I'll work and study and, and do anything to make good.
18: Spoken like the real trooper that you are, Judy. <laughs>
2: well, I think I better go now. I mean, do you mind will you excuse me if I run home and tell my mother the
4: news? She'll be so thrilled.
18: Run along, Judy, and best of luck.
4: Oh, I'm so happy. I well, all I can think of is thank you, Mr. Leroy. Thank
18: you, Judy.
20: I mean Dorothy. <laughs> And so Judy Garland was selected to play the lovable Dorothy, the little girl who travels to the land of Oz and once there, despite its beauty, longs to return to the most desirable place on Earth, home. Now Metro had one more casting problem. Who could play the wizard of Oz, that lovable humbug, that man with a power complex, in short, a delightful phony, The scene the casting office on the MGM lot. I remember it well because on that particular day I happened to drop in to see Fred J.D. myself.
9: Hello, casting office. Who? Oh, Ed Sullivan. No, they have decided to have played the wizard. We'll call you. Goodbye. Good morning, Mr. Young.
20: Hello, Marcella. Say, why is the office so crowded? I haven't seen so many men packed into one room since I visited the SS Rex.
9: Well, there's a call out today for the Wizard of Oz. They need someone to play the title role.
20: Oh, I see.
9: The boss has interviewed hundreds for the part in the last two months. He... Wait a second. Here he is now. Hello, Bob. Hello,
20: Fred. Well, we've got a wizard at last. You have a wizard? Tell us.
25: Gentlemen, I want to thank all of you for coming today. The studio has made a definite decision. The part of the Wizard of Oz has been given to Frank Morgan.
22: I demand a recount. Why, I'm a better actor than he is any day. The idea of giving a juicy part like that to such an incompetent loafer. Frank Morgan? Why, that's me.
20: And so the casting of The Wizard of Oz is complete Then comes the news that rehearsals are to start For this picture, unlike other pictures Required months of extensive rehearsals Before even a foot of film was shot The scene, a rehearsal stage Where the director has been working with the cowardly lion Played by Bert Lahr (laughs) Who's a cowardly lion? Why well, I can lick
25: anybody half my size. The bigger they are, the harder I fall. No, no, Bert. I don't think that your mood conveys enough courage. Now, remember, you're a braggart. I gotcha, I gotcha. Why, I'll tear apart the toughest lion in town. I'll lick my weight in lionese potatoes. Come on, put them up, put them up. Oh, run away, eh? I'll show you. There, take that. Long, long.
20: How do you like that guy? Knocked himself out again. And The Wizard of Oz, being more than just a picturization of the book, was to be an enchanting musical operetta. And so E.Y. Harburg and Harold Arlen were assigned the task of writing the music and lyrics. For long weeks, Harburg and Arlen worked until the day that their score was completed. And then, the penthouse overlooking <laughs> the studio lot where the composers lived with their piano.
4: Hello, Mr. Harvard. Hello, Mr. Ireland. Hello, Judy. We've been
23: waiting for you.
25: Judy, we've just finished writing one of the songs you're to sing in The Wizard of Oz. And no one's heard it yet. So we've got our fingers crossed.
4: Oh, I can hardly
2: wait. Will you play it now?
18: Just sit you here, Judy. Lend us your ears.
2: You actually mean I- I'm going to be the first one to hear this?
18: That's right. But I hope you're not the last one that's going to hear it. Now, this song is the theme of the entire picture. You're the little girl in Kansas. That unhappy little girl who's always yearning to be somewhere else but home.
2: Oh, but I like my home.
18: We don't mean your home in Bel Air, Judy. We mean the home in the picture.
2: Oh, you mean you mean I'm I'm always trying to escape from myself.
18: Mm hmm. That's it, Judy. And we try to express that yearning, the yearning of all little girls in this song. Sing it, Harold.
4: Teach it to me, please. Now?
20: On another rehearsal stage, Bobby Connolly, ace director of dancers, is rehearsing 150 of the world's smallest people who play the part of the fantastic Munchkins in Munchkin Land.
4: All right now, everybody on the mark, let's make this
23: rehearsal a good one. Now remember, as you dance, you've got to sing, and you're happy
14: because the wicked old witch of the East is no more. Ready! Ready!
20: And so it went, weeks and weeks of rehearsal, then months and months of work, work in which over 7,000 people all took a hand, until finally that certain night came, the night when Mervyn Leroy was to take the first complete print of the picture out for a sneak preview to get the audience reaction.
18: Well, let's get going, James. Yes, sir. Is the film in the car?
20: Yes, sir. And
19: here we go. Say, say, Mr. Leroy, before I drive you to this sneak preview, there's something I'd like to ask you.
18: Well, if it's important.
19: Well, it's kind of important, sir. Where are we going?
18: (laughs) Well, I guess you've got a right to know since you're driving. Head for Santa Barbara. Let's go.
24: Ladies and gentlemen, I've been managing this theater for many years. Hundreds of important films have been previewed here. But tonight we present a sneak preview
25: of a picture I know everybody's been waiting to see. For the first time on the screen of any theater, MGM's Technicolor production of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs>
20: then for almost two hours, 2,000 people, young and old, sat in that theater in rapt attention as The Wizard of Oz unrolled before them on the screen in all the glory of its beautiful Technicolor production. When it was over, the cheers and applause of the audience were deafening. The Wizard of Oz will be released to theaters throughout the country on August 25th, and I know you'll all want to see it when it plays your favorite theater. Now in just a few moments, all of you will become guests at the big studio party, which is being held this evening in honor of The Wizard of Oz cast where you Maxwell House friends will hear for the first time on the air a special preview of music and meet the famous characters in The Wizard of Oz. Bert Lahr, Ray Bolger, Judy Garland, Fred Stone, and many others. But first it's time for our regular Thursday evening custom. Oh boy,
21: Bob, look. I see tall frosty glasses of iced Maxwell House coming. Oh, That's boy. right,
20: Meredith. It's time once more for our familiar Thursday evening custom. A refreshing moment with Maxwell House coffee. And, friends, we hope you're joining us in your homes tonight because we want to make a very special toast. You know, yesterday at 3 o'clock, 22 lucky people took off from Port Washington in the Dixie Clipper. Their destination? Europe. An historic flight, the first passenger airplane service across the North Atlantic. We salute those passengers who by now are in Lisbon, Portugal. And we're proud to tell you that among the other comforts Pan American Airways provided was a perfect cup of coffee for Maxwell House was served exclusively on the Clipper. Tonight, let's raise our glasses high to that successful trip, a trip which marks a new epoch in world transportation. Let's toast it with a new Maxwell House coffee, the coffee that sets a new high in coffee drinkers' pleasure. Is everybody served? Now, Meredith, let's have the music. We pause briefly for station identification.
19: K-F-I, Los Angeles.
20: This is Bob Young again, ladies and gentlemen, and we continue this season's final edition of our Maxwell House Good News of 1939. Now, good news goes to a party. We ask you to imagine yourselves on stage 30 of the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer lot in the shadow of beautiful Emerald City, where scenes of The Wizard of Oz were made. Here in this beautiful setting, Judy Garland entertains our guests by singing her big song in the picture, Over the Rainbow.
18: Judy? Somewhere
4: over the rainbow Way up high There's a land that I heard Dance in a lullaby a star and wake up where the clouds are far behind me, where troubles melt like lemon drops away above the chimney pops that square
20: It sounds like a surefire hit, and you sang it beautifully. Thank you. Have I told you I think you're absolutely magnificent in the picture?
2: Well, no, you haven't.
20: All right, you are. What? Absolutely magnificent.
4: Oh, thank you.
20: Now, Judy, don't run away. We want you to sing some more later. But right now, I want everybody to meet two other members of the Wizard cast: Bert Lauer, the cowardly lion, and Ray Bolger, the straw man. These two characters, along with Jack Haley, who plays the tin woodman, are Judy's companions on her trip through the land of Oz. And if we had Jack Haley here, we could present their song. We can do it without Haley, Bob. How? You sing Haley's part, and nobody will know the difference. I bet Haley will (laughs) know. Well, Jack's in New York and can't be with us. But if the Cowardly Lion and the Straw Man have no objections, I'll be glad to double in time. Let's have a whack at it, Meredith. First, Ray Bolger as the Straw Man.
25: I could while away the hours, conferrin with the flowers,
20: consultin' with the
25: rain. And my head, I'd be scratchin' while my thoughts were busy hatchin' if I only had a brain. I'd unravel every riddle for any individual in trouble or in pain.
4: With the thoughts you'd be thinking, you could be another Lincoln if you only had a brain.
14: Oh,
25: I could tell you why the ocean's near the shore. I could think of things I never thought before, and then I'd sit and think some more. I would not be just enough, my head all full of stuff, and my heart all full of pain.
13: And perhaps
25: I'd deserve you and be even worthy of you if I only had
20: a brain. Now, Bob Young doubling for Jack Haley as a Tin Woodman. When a man's an empty kettle, He should be on his mettle, and yet I'm torn apart. Just because I'm presuming that I could be kind of human if I only had a heart. I would register emotion, jealousy, devotion, and really feel the part. I would stay young and chipper, and I'd lock it with a zipper. If I only had a heart. Now Bert Lauer is the country lion. Gee, it's sad,
25: me, Missy, when you're born to be a sissy, without the vim and poiv. But I could show my prowess be a lion, not a mouse, if I only had the nerve. I'm afraid there's no denying. I'm just a dandelion. A fate I don't deserve. I'd be brave as a blizzard. I'd be gentle as a lizard.
22: I'd
4: be clever as a gizzard. If the wizard is a wizard who will
14: serve,
25: then I'm sure to get a brain,
14: a heart, a home.
25: The (laughs) name.
20: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest this evening at our party, a man who has a special and unique reason for being at any celebration connected with the Wizard of Oz. Because 35 years ago, he and his famous partner were the stars of the original Broadway production of the Wizard. You've all heard of the team of Montgomery and Stone, and I know you'll join me in saluting Fred Stone here tonight. Fred, it's a pleasure to have you here with us. Thank you very much, Bob. Fred, there's one fellow here tonight you certainly ought to meet. And that's the man who plays your original part in the picture, the straw man. That's the role you created, isn't it? That's right, the straw man, Bob. Well, I want you to shake hands with Ray Bolger, the straw man in the picture. Ray, this is Fred Stone. (laughs) Fred Stone? Oh, Mr. Stone, I've always considered you the greatest eccentric dancer that ever
24: lived. Thank you, Ray. I sincerely consider you the finest eccentric dancer of the present time. In fact, I can truthfully say... You're the man I'd have chosen to play the part of the straw man myself. Oh,
25: gosh, that that means a lot coming from you.
24: Well, we thought we had a grand production in The Wizard. Uh, it was pretty good, too, in 1904. Uh, it was, uh, of course, you know, in those days, in those days, yes, it was uh, all right.
25: 1904. Gosh, Mr. Stone, why, that was the year I was born.
24: You don't say. Well, young man, I'm thrilled to meet you here so many years later.
25: No, I'm the one that's thrilled. I remember when you came to Boston at the Colonial Theater and your great show, uh, Jack-o'-lantern, which, by the way, was the first show that I was ever allowed to see. And your wonderful performance on that show gave me my inspiration to be an actor, you know.
24: Well, Ray, you've done a pretty good job for yourself.
25: I wish I could think of an answer, Mr. Stone.
24: That's all right, son. The straw man ain't supposed to think. He never had a brain. <laughs> Say, am I supposed to take that as a compliment? Certainly, my boy. From now on, I'll always think of Ray Bulger as a straw man. Thank you, sir. Goodbye.
20: Well, well Mr. Stone, I know just how you must yeah, feel Yeah, what's going this... on here? Oh, Frank, <laughs> oh. Uh, this gentleman here was just comparing the Metro production of The Wizard with the original production on Broadway.
22: Really? Well, I was great in the Broadway production, too. Did you see it, young man? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Are you addressing me? Uh, That production was a notable triumph for me. We played for months and months, and every night the crowds used to cheer madly every time I went into my... What?
20: You were in the original Broadway production of The Wizard.
22: Of course, I was a star. And every night beautiful girls used to hang around the stage door waiting to see me when I came out (laughs)
24: What? Let him him go on, Bob. This is very interesting. Yes, you're quite right, young man. In... uh... (laughs) In those
22: days, I used to save my notices, and the critic on the New York Globe said, Frank Morgan. Hey, now wait a in minute. The wi- what?
20: Did you ever hear of Fred Stone? I understand he was in The Wizard of Oz.
22: Frank Stone? Fred Stone. Uh, Fred Stone. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The boy came to me when the show was about to open, and I made a dancer of him. I, uh,
13: <laughs> I
22: gave him a small part in the production, and he made a, well, it was a very respectable showing.
24: Take it, Fred. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Uh, Frank Morgan, I'm Fred Stone. I starred in the original production of The Wizard with my partner Dave Montgomery. And I don't I don't remember you at all. That's uh, right,
20: Frank. Stone and Montgomery were the stars of the show, and you were never with them. Uh, Stone
24: and uh,
20: Montgomery. Uh
22: Stone. Uh Stone Brick. Uh, Boulder. Damn, Boulder,
14: damn, Pebble. Uh,
22: Rock, rock. It all comes back to me now. I spent my time with Rock and Rod. Rock and ride. That was a great combination. Well, I'm glad to have met you, Mr. Rock. I've got to go to the... I, uh,
24: that's all right, Mr. Morgan. I've got to go myself. Oh. Yeah, I, And I still think that you did a great job in the wizard. <laughs>
13: <laughs> <laughs>
24: that's not static, folks. That's the old, old scarecrow. So long, boys. Uh-huh. So long, Mr.
23: Stone.
14: Uh-huh. Thank
20: you. Say, Frank... This being the last program of the season, why don't yes. you give the people a treat and tell the truth for five minutes?
22: My dear boy, the Morgans have always lived, sans peur et sans rapproche.
20: Oh. <laughs>
22: from my earliest infancy, I was taught the virtue of honesty, and from manhood on, I have employed only the truth. There's been a lot of unemployment lately.
13: <laughs> yes.
22: Young, Metro is taking you and me off the air. Is that the way to talk to a fellow serf? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> for centuries the Morgans have been servants of the truth. In fact I trace my ancestry back to Diogenes Morgan. That's on my mother's side. Yeah. yeah. What's on your father's side? Ananias. Who said that? (laughs) On my father's side, I traced Now, wait a minute,
20: George Washington. Put away your hatchet for a second. Yeah? If you're so handy with the truth, why did you make up this outrageous lie that you played in The Wizard of Oz in 1904?
22: Well, how did I know that Fred Stone... I mean, anybody's (laughs) liable to make a mistake once in a while. As a matter of fact, it was a very curious mistake for me to make because it was in 1904 that I invented the, the motion picture camera.
20: Oh, now we're going to get the truth You've got the nerve to stand there and tell me You invented motion pictures, Mr. Morgan Screen-o, Morgan, sir (laughs) The last of a long line
22: of
13: brownies (laughs) (laughs) The
22: the inventor of the single sprocket, the double exposure, and the triple play
20: Unassisted All right, make up your mind, Wizard Are you lying about baseball or about pictures? About baseball, I mean pictures
21: I mean, I'm not lying Leave him alone, Bob. Say, uh, Frank, I'm a candid camera fiend. Oh,
22: and I just... a fiend, huh? Yes.
21: <laughs> I just bought one last Saturday at Snarley's Camera Shop. there on South Vine.
25: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's, it's
21: a nifty little camera. The girl at the store was very helpful. She showed me all the ins and outs. Uh, she sold me the camera. Like her? Oh, she was all right, but you know how Peggy is about... Oh, you mean the camera. <laughs> no, <Getting ready>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> for next year. <laughs> Stealing my stuff. All right, go ahead. Oh, you mean the camera? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it was a Crafterflex, 59 cents with two rolls of film. Oh, this is intolerable. I've got to go and lie down. Frank, I can't.
22: please tell about the camera you invented. I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, it was in 1901 that I first conceived the idea that pictures could be made to move. 1901, huh? Yes. At that time, I was in business for myself as a general inventor occupying a back stoop at 112 Grumble <laughs> Avenue of the Bronx. That's at the corner of Surly
20: Street. Yes.
22: Uh, is there any money in inventing, Frank? Is there? The fellow that invented lifesavers made a mint. Wonder. Oh, well, it's the last program. you got to
20: expect those things.
22: <laughs> <laughs> First, I invented a spotless spot remover, and then Just I... Just a
20: minute, Frank. Never mind your lesser achievements. Yeah. Let's hear how you invented motion pictures. Uh, motion... Yeah. Uh, well, well
22: I, uh, while still a schoolboy, I mastered the chemistry of light emulsions and also became familiar with the peephole principle...
13: In those days, I was known
22: as Tom.
20: Okay, Tom. Yes.
22: I constructed my first high-speed motion picture camera in 1902, a crude instrument compared to those in use today, but miraculous when you consider that I made it entirely from odds and ends, which I'd purchased at no expense from a junk shop. Hmm. Of course, I don't need to tell you, gentlemen, where that first Morgan camera reposes today.
20: In the junk shop.
22: Yes. It is
20: not. (laughs)
22: It's in the Smithsonian Institution. Good heavens, I'm getting like the cowardly lion. My camera worked like a charm. I was ready to shoot the first motion picture, but I was stumped. No one had invented film. You need that, don't you, Frank? Yes, it was up to me again. I knew that snapshot film was made with celluloid, but how was a poor inventor to come by 500 feet of it with which to make a motion picture? I racked my brains for days and finally hit the solution.
20: You bought it from Eastman? No.
22: I made film out of celluloid collars. Frank, what kind of film can you make out of laundry? (laughs) Technicolor. Well, that'll hold you for a while. Well, how did you make it into film, Frank? Well, it was tremendously difficult. I worked in a dark room, coating each collar with emulsions, splicing them carefully, and piercing the sprocket holes by hand. In two days, I was ready to shoot the picture.
20: You had uh, actors and everything, I suppose.
22: Oh, all that had been taken care of. Two weeks of shooting, and I was back in my dark room developing the first screen epic. Gee, when's the preview? Three nights later, I previewed it at the old Madison Square Garden in front of an audience of blue bloods, red bloods, and a few anemics. as soon as the lights went down, the picture hit the screen. What do you think? What? Well, the audience saw nothing but mushrooms. Mushrooms? Where did the mushrooms come from? Well, I forgot to take out the collar buttons. Well, so long, fellas. I'm going back to Baltimore.
20: Warren Hull, what are you smiling
19: about over there? Why, Bob, you know, this is our last program until September, and... I just got a mental picture of thousands of our friends in their homes late this evening, poring over road maps, planning what routes they'll take to that wonderful two weeks vacation to the seashore or the mountains. Riding, swimming, hunting, fishing. And you know, I'm reminded of a little scene that happened just a few weeks ago in the mountains. Two schoolmates of mine had been fishing, and they came back to the campfire for their
18: supper. Their wives were waiting. Listen.
19: Hi, Jim. How many did you catch? Got a full
18: basket? Yep, they're biting swell today, Pat. <coughs> Marvelous trout. But boy, I'm tired. Hey, have you got a cup of coffee ready? You
19: bet I have, dear. Maxwell House just opened our third can today. And Jim, that vacuum pack is wonderful. This last can of coffee is just as fresh as the first one we opened. You'll have a cup in a minute. And friends, it's a wonderful feeling to know that even though you may be in the wilds of nowhere, you can still have your fresh, full-flavored cup of Maxwell House coffee any time you want it. Now that's one of the comforts of home that you can take right along with you. For Maxwell House, packed in that famous blue super vacuum can will always be roaster fresh, always have that full-bodied flavor that you love at home. You can stock up with two cans or two dozen in one-pound or two-pound sizes. No matter how long you're gone, the last can of coffee you open will be just as fresh and full-flavored as the first. So take along your Maxwell House for added pleasure. Make your vacation perfect. And if any of you folks, like many of us, are staying at home this summer... Then you'll be thankful for the cool, refreshing pickup of a frosty glass of iced Maxwell House. So, friends, ask your grocer for Maxwell House tomorrow. Because iced or hot, we know you'll find this new, richer, smoother Maxwell House is just about the tops in coffee pleasure.
20: We're going to try a little experiment now, ladies and gentlemen. We want to present one of the production numbers from The Wizard of Oz a song sequence greeting little Dorothy when she first arrived in the land of Oz. She's been whirled away from her home in Kansas by a tornado, house and all. And by a strange coincidence, her house lands right on top of a wicked witch in the land of Oz. So the people who live there are very glad to see her. Right after the crash, the natives, who are called Munchkins, if you remember, peep shyly out from behind the shrubbery and begin to sing a welcome to Dorothy. Listen.
13: Come out, come out,
14: wherever you are lady
13: who fell from
14: the star, she brings you good news. Oh, haven't you heard? When she fell on candle, the canvas, of miracle
13: occurred?
4: It really was no miracle what happened was just this. The house began to pitch, the kitchen took a slitch, and suddenly the hinges started to unhitch. Just then... The witch to satisfy an itch, went flying on her broomstick, thumbing for a hitch.
19: And oh, what happened then was rich. <laughs> Up the the
14: witch, the
13: the the witch, the witch, on the
14: witch, the witch, the witch, the a the witch, the witch, the witch, the witch, the witch, the witch, the to the, ditch, and the, the, and the witch, the witch but, but witch, to twitch, and to the
20: Of the Cowardly Lion.
25: I the King of the Father, not Queen, not Duke, not Prince, my regal robes of the
13: Father.
25: To be satin, a not a coffin, a not chintz.
13: <laughs>
25: I'll command each thing, be it fish or towel,
13: with a woof, with a woof,
25: and a royal growl. Woof, as I click the heel, all the trees would kneel, and the mountains bow,
14: and the bull count cow and
25: the sparrow would <laughs> take with. I, I was a king. <laughs> Each rabbit would show respect to me. The chipmunk genuflect me. Though my tail would lash, I would show
14: compassion.
13: Let
25: the I, 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 man He I, I, the king I'm nice not <laughs> Imposterous? How about a hippopotamus? Why, I'd thrash him from top to bottom. Of
4: it. Supposing you met an elephant?
25: I'd wrap him up in cellophant. What if it were a brontosaurus? And I'd show him who was king of the forest. How? How?
6: Courage.
25: What makes a king out of a slave? Courage. What makes the flag on the mast
14: away? Courage.
25: What makes the elephant charge his Tusk, in the misty mist, the dusky dusk. What makes the muskrat God, his musk? Courage. What makes the sphinx the seventh wonder? Courage. What makes the dawn come up like thunder? Courage. What makes the hot and top so hot? What put the ape in apricot? What have they got that I ain't got?
14: Courage. Courage. You
25: can say that again. Huh?
14: Uh-huh. What
25: <laughs> oh, a courage is the thing of kings Which courage I'd be king of kings In the whole year
14: round I'd be held and crowned My heavenly
13: living
14: birth. I, I, I,
13: I,
20: That was the king of the forest, Bert Lauer. Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, the party wouldn't be complete unless all the guests take part in a get-together sing. Come on, everybody! Ray, Bert, Judy, you start us off. Frank Morgan.
22: Ha ha ha, and a ho ho ho, and a couple of tron la la's. Then now we laugh a day
13: away in the very old
22: land of ours. Boom, 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 chirp, 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 and a couple of la dee Then now the crickets crick all day in the very old land of ours. We get up at twelve and start to work at one. Take an hour for lunch, and then that's till we're done. Oh, jolly good fun! Oh, ha oh, ha! Oh, 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 And a couple of troll la
4: Then, now
22: we'll off the day away in the many old land of all.
4: Judy? Um, Oh, why can't I? If happy little bluebirds fly beyond the rainbow, why?
25: I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consult them with the rain. And perhaps I'd deserve you and be even worthier of you if I only had a brain. Bert Lauer? It's sad, believe me, Missy, when you're born to be a city without the vim and bail. But I could show my prowess, be a lion, not a mouse, if I only had the nerve. We're off to see the wizard, a wonderful wizard of
14: love. Here he is, the wizard of a wizard, there he the wizard of a, wizard, a, wizard, a wizard. That's because she
13: got
20: in june and the end of another good news season speaking for metro golden mayor we wish to extend our thanks and appreciation to the general foods corporation for the fine cooperation that has prevailed throughout the season at this time we also wish to publicly thank sam moore and phil rapp for the writing of these programs now folks i'll say good night i'll be seeing you soon in the meantime go to the movies and take the family with you good night And ladies and gentlemen, here's a date to mark on your calendar. We'll be with
19: you again next fall, starting Thursday evening, September 7th.
4: Me too, Mr. Hall.
19: You too, Snooks.
14: And Daddy. Sure
19: thing. Our Maxwell House gang just couldn't get along without you all. Whee!
13: Goodbye, everybody.
19: And friends, next fall marks the beginning of the eighth year of broadcasting for Maxwell House Coffee at the same familiar Thursday evening time. And it's been possible only because of your continued loyalty to Maxwell House Coffee. We want to thank you for that loyalty and for the many splendid letters of encouragement and appreciation you've sent us. We'd like you to know that it's the anticipation of your continued enjoyment at Maxwell House that's allowing us to meet again next September and that through the summer you'll be enjoying iced Maxwell House.
13: And
19: Warren Hull saying good night and good luck for the makers of Maxwell House Coffee, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. See you in September. (laughs) Mervyn Leroy, Bobby Conley, and
25: Marcella were impersonated. This is the National Broadcasting Company.